Welcome to DTC Pod, where we take you behind the wheel with the best founders and operators of consumer brands. You'll learn the ins and outs of business from setting up shop, hitting your first million, scaling past eight figures, and even navigating an exit. As founders ourselves, our goal is to help you learn from the best as you build. Visit us at dtcpod.com to sign up for our weekly newsletter, join our founder community, and find additional resources from every episode. DTC Pod is brought to you by Trend, the creative solution for your brand. Go to trend.io to access thousands of creators for content needs such as product photography, unboxing videos, or even TikTok and IG organic creative. Use the code DTCPOD10 for 10% off your next content purchase. Are you curious how much your business is worth? Get your free no-obligation offer from OpenStore at open.store. This episode of DTC Pod is also brought to you by Peel Insights, the e-commerce analytics platform that supercharges all of your retention efforts every day and with every customer. Go to peelinsights.com slash dtcpod to learn how hundreds of e-commerce brands use Peel to reveal purposeful insights like LTV, AOV, repurchase rate, churn, and hundreds of metrics more. See how brands are nurturing deeper customer relationships with easy-to-use retention tools that hyper-target and provide immediate growth. The subscription market is predicted to grow nearly $500 billion by 2025. Recharge is the leading subscription management solution, helping e-commerce merchants of all sizes launch and scale their subscription offerings. Over 15,000 merchants use subscriptions powered by Recharge to grow their business and their communities by increasing average order value, reducing churn, and providing predictable recurring revenue. Turn transactions into long-term customer relationships and experience seamless subscription commerce with Recharge. Check them out at rechargepayments.com forward slash DTCpod. What's up, DTC Pod? Today we're joined by Day Lim, who's the founder and CEO of Sunday School. So, Day, I'll let you kick us off. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the brand you're building, Sunday School? Hi, guys. Uh, Sunday School is a cannabis lifestyle brand. Uh, we sell high quality goods for high minded people, uh, ranging from um, smokeware, which is your you know, uniform for your recreational consumption um, to actual cannabis goods in legal states um, like California. Um, we sell edibles, we sell pre-rolls, and we are about to sell many more and in few other states as well. And thank you so much for having me out here on the pod, Blaine and Ramon. Yeah, so Day, one of the reasons we're super pumped to have you on today was because Day and I go way back. We went to school together. I've seen the the launch of this brand from the inception uh, several years ago. Uh, so, so Day, I'd love to just chat about what goes on this episode. We'd love to really go into what goes into building a quote unquote iconic fashion cannabis lifestyle brand, you know? So why don't you take us back to a little bit before you launch Sunday school before you start building out all these different products and offerings. What was the idea? What gave you conviction to start building it? And why don't you just give us a little background on the history of Sunday school? Yeah. So um, it dates back five years ago. Um, I had just kind of, uh, I was kind of toying around with the idea of quitting my job because there were some like moral conflicts, um, you know, and before that I, you know, didn't really even know that I had, professional values, but I was like, oh shit, like this, you know, this project does not fly with me uh, in terms of my impact to the world. So I was like, okay, it's time to peace. Um, so while I was doing that, um, I took some time off and I came back home in Korea, which is where I am uh, right now. And right in this bed, uh, which, you know, clearly I have not made because my MBTI is ENTP. Um, I had snuck in a vape pen from the States, uh, you know, and I was just hitting it. And then um, it w I think it was like 8 or 8 a.m. And I was just like, fuck, you know, what am I going to do with my life? Like, you know, before I thought I was going to, you know, go on this like partner track or, you know, work at private equity. But, you know, kind of like after this project and after kind of seeing the inner workings of what it takes to get promoted, I was just like, damn, like, this is not the life I want to choose. Um, so while I was doing that, like, you know, I heard a distant kind of yelling from my mom, just, you know, 
you know, the morning shits as usual. Um, and, and then I was like, oh, fuck, you know. I, and, the, and then I was like, oh, it would be really nice if my mom could also smoke some weed because she needs to chill the fuck out. Uh, and then, um, like, somehow in my high vein of thought, I was just like, oh, shit, what if God is Korean and smoked weed every day and created this world, uh, which is why it's so, like, beautiful, but it's also so fucking chaotic. Um yeah, and then from that, I was like, oh, you know what? This sounds like, uh, you know, great story to start telling. Um, so I started, you know, doing it the best way I know how, which is by doodling. Um, and then naturally, these doodles um, manifested into a new life form, which is clothing. Um, yeah, so, in you know, I just had all this, like, verve and kind of vigor, you know, and I wanted to embark a new project because, you know, I didn't want to feel like I was just chilling and lounging around. Um, Yeah, so started kind of running around in the garment district and made some t-shirts and hoodies and launched it on 420 in um, 2017. Uh, Yeah, and then Uh, Obviously, you know, was just kind of doing it as a side project. I took a job in fashion um, at this company called V-Files, which was really like, you know, connecting young musicians and um, young fashion designers to bigger ones. Uh, And through that, met a lot of creative folks, you know, got, um, you know, started kind of understanding what like the fashion mafia kind of looked like, felt like. and then kind of realized that, oh, shit, like, you know, before I was like, you know, I'm a businessman, I'm a entrepreneur, like, blah, blah, blah. But I was like, oh, no, like, I am also a creative. And I am also, you know, a creative director. I'm a designer. Um, yeah, so basically started working off of that. Somehow we kind of got caught in this, like, viral, like, Instagram algorithm with our first launch collection, and we ended up getting featured in, like, Vogue, New York Times, like, Hypebeast, like, you know, just super organically, and then uh, from there, we got an opportunity to um, showcase our designs in New York Fashion Week, and I was like, really? Like, you know, Korean Jesus-inspired clothing, but we did, Uh, and... uh, and then we got our first order from Barney's, uh, which no longer exists, RIP. But, you know, that is like the iconic store. And then so that was 2018 in uh, August. And I, you know, quit my job then and never looked back since. Um, you know, our mission really is to globalize cannabis culture um, as well as, you know, obviously integrate it with Korean culture. And, you know, the way that we are trying our best to do it is, you know, to really work in the intersection of community, culture, and content to really enable commerce. So um, that is my homework as a creative director and as a marketer. Okay, well, there is so much to unpack there. That's a cool story. I hope your mom is still not giving you the shits in the morning by now. She, um, she is. She, she is. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that never that never <laughs> ends. I hear that. Um, so how I want to take it back to like the point where you decided to work for a fashion company where you met the designers. Um, I find that really interesting because you know you you wanted to do this, but you said, "Hey, I might as well like embed myself into the culture and really understand this from the inside rather than just like starting to hustle and like randomly start making stuff." So like, how instrumental was that? Um, to the success that that you had, like that decision to join that. Yeah. Um, So I'm going to be honest, like a lot of that decision was driven by money. There she goes again. Uh, A lot of that decision was driven by money because, you know, I have been, um, you know, financially independent and um, my save, you know, it was like a breaking point where my savings couldn't last, um, which is why I looked for a job. But looking back, it was like a, you know, it was like a soft slide into fashion rather than just kind of trying to figure it out on my own. Because, you know, honestly, like, even if I didn't join V-Files, I don't think the outcome would have been much different. But at least it gave, for me, um, it gave me stability. It gave me network. Um, 
Yeah, and I the outcome pay could have been different if, like, the job though wasn't something completely unrelated. Maybe where it was just like sucking all of your time. It had yeah. nothing to do with it, and like you were drained. I was gonna work at got... Spotify, so yeah. thank God I didn't do that. Uh, but I, I, but had I just jumped into entrepreneurship, also I think outcome could have been different in that I could have gotten burnt out because you know early days, especially. It's really hard because, you know, you're working so you're putting so much input and you don't see that much output, you know. Um, but I'm yeah, you're, I think you're right. I'm happy that I got to do it. At, like I had a like a year and a half to build community, you know, to build what like Sunday school designs look like, what our content looks like. Um you know, with some financial stability. And so, yeah, go ahead, Blaine. No, I was going to say, I think that's so important. Like when you're, when you're launching a business to be in the right atmosphere to do it. Right. So it wasn't, it was very compatible with the direction that you wanted to take Sunday school. I'm sure there was a lot of learnings that came along the way that really became essential in being able to build this out, especially as like a side hustle as you were growing it. And then it put you in a really strong position to be able to say, okay, we've got air under the wings. Like things are starting to move. Like let's take it to the next level. So I'd love to like um, kind of unpack maybe what some of the most valuable things were on both like the learning side, on the network side uh, and everything while you were at V files, while you were still in the the side hustle sort of phase of the project. Yeah. Um, one biggest thing you know going from like McKinsey where it's all just super high level like ooh, this is what's gonna happen in 10 years um to like uh startup where I was the only business people with like 12 creative people who got opinions like that was a huge shift um you know I've like Blaine, I'm sure um, you can recall from our times in Beijing together, but like, I've always been like a doer, you know, I'm like, okay, we're doing this. Like, you know, I, I don't really plan, plan, plan. But once I like make my mind up, I'm like, okay, like it's happening no matter what, you know? Um, so I, I think, you know, but I had kind of forgotten about that. Um, and, you know, it, it was more like, just think it. Um but then going back to V-Files, um, I had to be the one who not only had to think and organize, but um, but also really kind of communicate uh, downwards and communicate to, you know, people like who have no, like, you know, I had to explain every single decision because they're like, well, that's not cool. And like, yeah, I know it's not cool, but like, it, you, you, do you want to get paid? Uh, you know, um, so kind of like bridging that gap of, um, creativity and commerce, uh, you know, that was something that was new and, um, it, you know, we, it was more than just thinking it, it was also a lot of doing it. So, um, I think that execution that like ground, um, up like that bottoms up building and project management. I think that was one of the biggest learning experiences there. Plus, you know, it was it was nifty to, you know, meet a lot of young designers, um, understand kind of their pain points and, you know, understand. And, you know, this was like when like musically was like just launching and, um, you know, all these people, you know, they were like talking about it. And I was like, what the fuck is that? Um, I had just started like Instagram in 2015 or something like that. Um, yeah. And then, but, you know, I think being at kind of like the forefront of like kind of the, you know, the pulse of, uh, you know, global fashion, global music scene, that was something that was super beneficial. Do you have any stories of like when the, the the creatives or anything regarding creativity like broke the conventional business? You know what what you thought that like the spreadsheet you know would would predict, but then you listen to the creative and like it just blew up all expectations. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, you know, at V Files, obviously plenty, um, but even at Sunday, we have. Like every day is like that, you know? Um, so for instance, um, I'll, I'll give you both examples. One is, you know, like with virality, you can't, you can't predict it, right? Um, so for me, I always want to have like, you know, 
like my boss would always be like, oh, this shit is just gonna go viral, blah, blah. And I'm like, yo, like that's nice, but like, what if it doesn't, you know? Uh, and what, let's have a plan so that, you know, if it doesn't go viral, we can put some like money behind it to make sure that, you know, all this content that we fucking shot, like, you know, it can be served to the right people. And then she's like, blah, 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 blah. But then, um, and, you know, there were no big celebrities involved. It was like a um, Subway gorilla fashion show. Um, and it went viral. Like, it went like 100 million view in first week viral um, with no money spent. So I was just like, okay, this, this, this girl knows what she's talking about. Like, and then, you know, when moments like that keep happen, I was just like, oh shit maybe there is some like sauce to virality you know um but even like even last week we just did this giveaway with um this amazing creator her name is tinks um she's this girly based in um california in los angeles and i met her um like seven years ago what you know before she was famous or anything like that and um you know, I was just like, oh, you know, let's do a giveaway, you know, and when we usually do giveaways, you know, max like 200, 300 followers, you know, and we give away a fleece, like the amount of buzz that this giveaway has created, like, like there were 6,000 people who entered and then I think they told their friends. So like, you know, 6,000 more people. Like we were at like 92K followers and now we are at like 106K. And this happened in like 36 hours. And I was just like, cause you know, I was like, hey, like, you know, you know, my goal, I'm the social media, I'm the Instagram manager for our brand. And uh, my goal was like, okay, like let's try to hit 100K this year. And then Come December 1st, I was like, okay, guys, I don't think we're going to hit it, but like, let's try to hit like, you know, 93, um, the year I was born, like, you know, like, let's do it. But then it just like totally surpassed and like the sales from this, like just so crazy. So now like we are sold out of almost everything, you know, um, I saw that on the website. Yeah. Like crazy. And, uh, so obviously that was, you know, also poor inventory planning on our part, but um, you live and learn and uh, we hope to do better next year. But yeah, I think there's a lot of times um, things you cannot plan for, but uh, once you, once there is, you know, even beyond creativity, once, when there's like well thought out intent and good communication of that intent to your audience, um, I think that's what really hits uh, home. So what about your initial, you mentioned that early on you guys went viral in the early days and that's when then um, Barney's took you guys. Like what was the first campaign that that really just like started it all? Um, yeah, so it was called uh, The Genesis. Uh, we did it on, we modeled it off of the first chapter, um, the first verse of, um, the Bible, uh, and, uh, God, you know, it was, um, just as a quick refresher for people who missed real Sunday school, uh, there was total darkness, but then God says, let there be light. Um, and obviously that light was lighting up a blunt or a spliff or a joint, uh, for us. Uh, and this, you know, for me, this is a lot of, you know, this is a very personal story for me as well, because I used to be super, super religious, um, not so much anymore, but, um, you know, before I would always just kind of communicate, um, I, I wouldn't really communicate with myself, you know, like never really about like checking in with myself, um, till I smoked weed, really. Um, that's when I was like, oh, shit, I can talk to myself, you know? Because uh, I think, it, you know, growing up in a super rigid environment where, you know, there was just always like this pressure to, you know, excel, like, you know, I'm seeing AP chemistry books over there and I'm getting some PTSD. Um, but, you know, like I was, you know, I was that bitch, or can I say that? Um, yeah, okay. Um, who took three AP courses 
in ninth grade, you know, I was like doing the most because I had this like burden of, you know, oh, my parents sacrificed everything to send me to America, you know, got to do it and got to make it out here. Um, you know, and I always just, you know, felt like I had to um, almost like play a character in a way, you know, um, like a caricature of myself. Um until I think it was like like sophomore year um, of college when I started and I was like, oh, fuck, like, you know, I just like I'm my best self when I do me um, and kind of that sort of um, journey of, you know, you know, and, and on the second day, God says, you know, let water separate from water and create skies and create um uh, the ocean and we interpreted that as like hitting the bong and separating the water into clouds and into bong water you know so we had a lot of fun um with kind of we we like selectively quoted the bible and uh put imagery that kind of matched uh you know the birth of Sunday school where, you know, you just have to be higher than your grades. Um, so, you know, with that um, kind of mentality uh, embedded, uh, yeah, we we put out a fire piece of content for $300 and, uh, and then we got immediately covered by Vogue and, you know, Hypebeast and Business Insider and whatnot. And I, I'm sure we got like you know, millions of earned media, um, which is how, you know, we started this whole journey. Yeah. And I think what's really cool there, Day, is the fact that you guys started from a place you had the brand, you had the creative direction, the symbolism, everything kind of tied together. And that allowed you to kind of get picked up and through cool creative and through the brand, you were able to get picked up and get all that earned media. Because I know there's a lot of brands that maybe not doing something as cool and as innovative and maybe you're just like, creating a, a more generic product and selling that like those aren't the types of things that are going to go down and grow the way that you guys grew. So could you speak a little bit to what going down that path looks like for a brand, right? Because like as people start out, there's a couple ways to do it. You can either go the traditional fashion route, which is like similar to kind of what you guys were able to do, or you say, you know, screw old school fashion, I'm going direct to my consumers, I'm going to run Facebook ads, create a cool product, create my own brand, and just do it that way. And it seems like you guys have been able to do really take advantage of both sides of the coin, building up a, a big like e commerce presence, your own digital presence, as well as leveraging all the d different benefits and things that come along with, you know, being mentioned in all these like great publications and fashion weeks and etc. So could you just provide a little color to you know, what going maybe that route kind of looks like and, and what, yeah, what it looks like for a brand? For sure. So my hot take, um, well, actually, one, uh, we so we used to be in like 60 wholesale um, accounts. Uh, and that was like our business when we started. And, you know, that was great because, you know, you get deposit, you make the clothes, you sell it, right? Um and but then so that was like the first year 2018 to 2019 but then um 2020 january when i was in korea you know i was hearing all these rumblings from you know my friends who um had been in hong kong being like yo like the world's about to end blah 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 and i was like what the fuck are you talking about um and then i went to tulum uh and then uh <laughs> and then literally a week after um all these department stores like called me and said they either have to cancel the order. Barney's went bankrupt that week. Uh, and like Saks, you know, like all these stores were just like, like we have to shut down and like we cannot do this. And that is when we opened up our Shopify store. You know, wow, that is what we switched from like a landing page Squarespace to Shopify. And I was like, we are never doing wholesale again unless we get money 100% upfront. Which, you know, I said it then, but I have not kept because, um, you know, you got to do what you got. Like, we are now in like 200 dispensaries, which is entirely wholesale, and they never pay money upfront. So that's a whole another story. But, um, 
Yeah, so like it, we, it's not like we were like, let's capture both sides of the coin. It was kind of like forced on us. Um, you know, the first month we made like $4,000 and I was like, oh shit, like, okay, this is how we go bankrupt. Like, you know, guys, like I think we had a whole, like, you know, three people uh, plus myself. I was like, you know, it was a nice run. Like, you know, let's prep to like move out, you know, pack your bags. Um, but then... Uh, you know, I, I was like, we have six months left. Let's give it all we got. And we just started really fucking um, doing different, you know, because like when you're designing for department stores, it's totally different from when you're for when you're designing for your customers, right? Um, so we were like making these like sick ass like trench coats uh, that were like thousand dollars and like puffers and shit like that. And like, who the fuck is going to buy that during the pandemic? So we were like, you know, we need to make essential things, um, which is masks, and we need to make tie-dye sweats. Uh, so that we totally pivoted. And then it worked because, you know, and then we really worked on like um, decreasing our lead time to put the product into market. You know, when you're working in wholesale fashion calendar, that is usually like 12 to 16 months, right, of like prep work from design to production um but we could shorten it to like three months right uh so really kind of delved deeper into that mindset and then you know um i think six months later we were doing like you know 40k and we were like oh okay like there's a path here like we have six more months left and then um winter time came and we were like hey you know let's like what else is you know as cozy as a sweatsuit but like you know for us like rather than like basic color sweatsuits like you know cool tie-dye prints and cool like uh uh you know embroideries and stuff like that was working for us and we're like okay let's make a fleece jacket and that really changed like the course of our business because you know like i had never seen like and like you know mind you we like now we can, but back then, especially, we couldn't run any ads because, you know, there was like that cannabis scarlet letter stamped in every single ad platform for us. Um, but like to see like, you know, a 100K day, to see like a 200K day, you know, just from, you know, the product and gifting the product to, you know, the right people. Like I remember very vividly, I think this was in 2021, um, there was this like viral moment where we had gifted this like fleece to Jacob Elordi because, you know, we just DM'd him and we were like, hey, love, euphoria, uh, would love to get you some gear. And he fucking responded. And, um, and then, you know, and then there was a paparazzi photo of him wearing the fleece like barefoot grabbing coffee, you know, uh, and that went viral. But then the next day, there was a photo of, he was dating like Kaya Gerber back then. Uh, there was a photo of Kaya Gerber wearing like his XXL custom jacket that we made for him, grabbing coffee or like going to Pilates or whatever it is. Uh, and that like day, just like so, you know, like so much sales. And and then the other like kind of like the micro influencers that we had gifted all were like, oh, I influenced them. You know what I mean? So it kind of created this like ripple effect. Um, and we were, you know, and like we had never sold like products in unit of like, you know, thousands, let alone few hundreds. And we were like, holy shit, like, um, yeah, so that was, you know, and then, you know, as soon as we've kind of figured out that that works, like, we have replicated that same kind of ethos a few times now. And uh, yeah, and then um, I think, like, this year is like the first year where I feel like, oh, shit, like, you know, we are definitely getting more established um that because before i always had to rely on like external you know like we don't do any like press and stuff like that um because you know i think my personal opinion is that like new york times mention is not as worth as you know the right person plugging your shit with the right message um yeah so you know and then this year like we've had 
few days like that, but like with no influencer help, you know? Um, so I think, you know, I, we're, I think our products are getting better. I think our team is working together more and we, there's more of us now. So uh, we're more in sync um, most of the times. Uh, and yeah, um, but for me, um, uh, and then going back to my first point, uh, going back to what I was about to say is, you know, I don't think this like glossier model of D2C shit works anymore, right? Like, you know, put a product and put a fucking pink background on it or put, you know, a gradient on it. Like, like if you're doing that, like, I mean, maybe you're catching the people in Wisconsin, but like, like, you know, like I'm sure you guys are not that customer uh, although, you know, I'm sure we were a few years back, but like, you know, times have changed, you know, like COVID, I think gave people a lot of perspective on like what they really like value and how they spend their time. And I think a lot of us kind of are now more susceptible to like authenticity to like, you know, like actual grounded, um, it's not even humor, like it's not even skit humor that, you know, is like the most viral content anymore. It's more like, you know, like people getting slapped while like not knowing that they're going to get slapped and seeing that like uh, crazy reaction, you know, kind of from it. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, really for a brand and especially I think more for us, for like a lifestyle brand um, content is king. I mean, content has always been king, but uh, focus on, you know, how do you showcase what your brand values are in the most authentic manner as possible, which, you know, for us is like whimsicality, but also like kind of like um, some sort of like education, like scholarly focus. But, you know, we are like our kind of persona always is um, that substitute teacher that you get high with after PE. Um, and, you know, so we try to incorporate that in like every single piece of content that we make. And um, that's a really big focus for us going into 2023. Um, you know, we started our TikTok this year and TikTok is now like our biggest source of traffic. Um, and it's not just like this is what I style my Sunday school with, you know, we do anything from like, you know, Korean degenerate vocabulary words where, you know, I explain like Korean sex terms that people can use uh, to like um, KBBQ reviews to like um, high or not high. And like these sort of like stupid little things that we do um, kind of, you know, showcase what our brand's about yeah i think you know this is i think you're touching on something that a lot of brands need to hear that if you hire a creative studio that like all they have is like the colored you know wallpaper to shoot your product there like that's who's telling your story and um you know you need to your story needs to be born in-house before you can even outsource the story to creators that like are part of your tribe and community because those are the only people outside of your company that can actually tell your story. It's not a creative studio that has a lineup of 10 different products and they're going to put in the same backdrop. So what? how do you keep that culture within your company, um, you know, I, I this all comes from the team that, that you've built and from the culture that you've built. So this must even be a principle that you have when you're hiring and recruiting someone. And like, you're probably thinking like, if this person were to make a TikTok about a brand, like what, you know, what would they say? Because if they come here with that lame shit, like, you know, pink backdrop, like it's not going to work. You're not going to hire them. Yeah. Um, I think it, really comes from you know we have a really small marketing team actually um because you know i kind of run two businesses right one is fashion and the other is weed and it's really you know and when on the branding side it's the same but the mechanics of operations are 
totally different, right? Like one is entirely direct to consumer, one is entirely wholesale, one has so much advertising regulations, and one has, you know, and in person experiences are the most important for running a cannabis brand versus like for, um, fashion brand running social is like the, you know, digital content is the most important. Right. And even like gifting and like influencers, like whatever works on fashion doesn't work on weed because like, you know, I could be like, Oh, buy this weed, but like, you can't buy it there. So you have to go to a dispensary. So like me actually, you know, working with the sales staff at these dispensaries, incentivizing them to push our product is so much more time efficient and cost efficient marketing dollars spent. For me. Um, so, you know, but I think for us, like, you know, we have kind of our 10 commandments um, that we, you know, have engraved on to our packaging. And, you know, first one is like, know thyself, right? Like, we don't want people like, it, you know, authenticity, I think, is at a core value of um, like myself, I think. Um, uh, and, you know, I always just try to do me rather than someone else um, or something else. Uh, yeah, and with that, like, we really focus on stories that we have expertise in um, sharing about, right? Uh, so that is stuff like being a third culture kid, right? Like, you know, that feeling of displacement right but also channeling that through channeling the trauma through humor uh you know number two i think is you know about being a stoner right uh, and what are you know uh whether it's like learning about the plant itself or but also like what should you like you know what are some of the stuff you can be eating right now and it's 2 a.m and you don't want to order dominoes right um you know and number three is you know also about like globalization of korean culture like all of our kind of like founding team members are korean obviously um just because that's like where we were and um that's you know the first kind of line of network that i had to recruit um and we really lean in on that because that's like something that we can own. Uh, and yeah, so we really, you know, we try to stay in our lane a lot of the, most of the times. Um, but then as we are doing execution, like, you know, that's when we get inspired to try different formats, you know, whether it's like, you know, when, I, I don't know if you guys know, like the rapping uh, trend that happened and like the Nicki Minaj rapping and, um, I used to be an amateur rapper myself. So, you know, wrote out some bars and rapped, you know, uh, to like doing some skits, you know. Um, uh, when we collabed with True Religion, we were really inspired from like old, um, you know, their content was all like, oh, like dope photo shoot, like money, 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 which was sick. And I was like, thank you so much because like we could have never produced this sort of, this level of content. Uh, but you know, for us, we were like, okay, well we can't do that. So uh, we looked into like archives of like seventies, eighties, like Korean and Japanese variety shows and, um, you know, and created this like skit of one of our team members being wrapped up into seamless paper, like a joint and then, uh, and then our fashion director, like, you know, smoke, like smoking it by green screening it. And that video got way more views than any of true religion <laughs> photos I ever did. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you know, I think for us, it's just like, you know, really being strategic about what, where can we play? How can we play and how can we win, you know? So tell me about your marketing team. You mentioned you're a small team. Um, how, how are those roles divided up and like who's responsible for all this? Is this mostly spontaneous? What's what's being what's like being a Sunday school marketer? Yeah, so um, I I think I'm a part time marketer, too. Um, I'm I think, uh, you know, so including myself, there's four of us. Um, and you know, what's crazy is none of us do ads. Um, so, uh, but then next year we're gonna, I think, dabble a bit into front end traffic generation. But this year, you know, for us, it's just more about like that universe setting, right? Um, so uh, myself, I, 
um, do a lot of like the storytelling. Um, so uh, whether it's, you know, uh, I'm kind of like the front and creative director slash BD guy. So, you know, partnerships, like collaboration uh, from sourcing to deal structuring. Um, I do a lot of that. And then I'm like, hey, like guys, like, you know, these are like, um, whether it's like, these are the stories that I uh, have built for developing our fashion collection or for our new cannabis flavors. Um, or or whether it's for like, hey, like for instance, like for Mother's Day next year, we have a crazy like, um, we have a we're we have a crazy like guerrilla marketing campaign uh, that we're planning. Uh, and, you know, just like coming up with some sort of baseline um, uh, frameworks for stories that, you know, my team and I can kind of brainstorm. We all get together and then we're just like, okay, this can be executed this way, that way, you know, through this channel, this needs to look like this. Um, and then we have a marketing director. Um, she um, recently joined our team. Um, her name is Maggie. She's awesome. And she basically does a lot of like, you know, the project management and um, re with really focus on how to how to market cannabis and fashion together. Um, so a lot of that is um, leans experiential, but also like works with like designers to like coordinate assets and whatnot, right? Um, and then also like, you know, checks our email retention flows and um, whatnot, um, but then doesn't touch like content, doesn't touch social. Um, more on like the um, growth marketing, I guess, side, um, sans ads right now um and then uh and then we have <clears throat> we have uh, nina who is um this girl she has been with us for i think around two years now um and she her main focus is um community so gifting uh influencer relations um like social media like order questions uh affiliate programs, uh, and then, you know, email marketing uh, for like campaigns, uh, you know, like for instance, this um, in three days, we're about to launch our holiday campaign, which is uh, called High Alone for Christmas. Uh, and it's we it's like eight people who um, are, you know, and we did like a UGC campaign where we had an open casting call via Instagram DMs. And there are Instagram, like DM, uh, Instagram, like Google form. Um, we got like 1200 people applying and we had to choose eight. So that was really tough, but um, like that's about to launch and you know, that kind of communication whatnot. And then um, lastly, and possibly like the MVP of our team this year is our um, like short form video uh, creator. Her name is Christina um, or, she, or she's like a producer. Um, so, she um all of our TikTok is run by her um and yeah i mean like we saw massive growth um you know we we are now at like 60k followers and i think we have garnered over like one point like six million likes or like our engagement is like always really good so really proud of her um she's like the most recent addition to our team yeah i think dave what's what's really cool about hearing all of that is like how you guys clearly built sunday school as a like creative first brand as opposed to just a like business first brand but clearly when you nail the creative when you nail the storytelling when everything comes together from the marketing side of things you're able to like see organic growth like this stuff works like having community, relying on community, getting your product in the right person's place, wearing it at the right time, like that works. Running the right social campaigns with your customers, that works, building the right products. So I think it's really cool to just get the perspective of a brand who's like building with a creative first lens um, and see the, the the results that you're, you guys are getting out of that. The other thing that I wanted to talk about before we wrap up here is I know you guys are kind of this two-sided brand where you have the traditional fashion and apparel side of things, which is very creatively led. But then you also, like you were alluding to, you have this, um, you know, the weed brand where you're selling in dispensaries and stores and you're creating different products and pre-rolls, et cetera. So I'd love to talk about like the strategy there behind it. Like, do, do you see this in the future? Do you see both sides of the business, like feeding each other? Um, or like, you know, what, what, 
why do you guys, I guess, take the approach of building these two different businesses and verticals like side by side? And like, what is the, the long term uh, goal as you guys continue to do that? Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, first this year was like a really monumental year because it was really like thesis proving for us. Um, you know, so our thesis is cannabis is a cult, you know, part of our culture. Uh, fashion is part of our culture, especially streetwear, you know, where that's the sort of shit we make. Um, and those two, um, you know, there's a lot of audience overlap, right? And when we first launched our cannabis brand two, three years ago, shit, um, three years ago now, um, people laughed at us, you know, being like, what are you talking about? You're a fashion brand. What do you know about weed? Blah, 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 blah. You know, that is when like Dosis, I don't know if you guys remember like the vibrator, um, vibrating um, vaporizer was like all the craze and uh, whatnot. And then, you know, now they're gone uh, from the market. Um, but, uh, you know, they're like, you have to either have like medical or like growing expertise or, you know, like blah, blah, blah. And I was like, bro, like, look at Casamigos. Like, um, but um, like we, we just did a pop-up in San Francisco uh, and we brought, I think, around uh, 500 fleeces. And uh, <clears throat> it was three days, um, three hours or two hours each, three days. Um, and we sold through all of them, you know, 100K. Um, and, and we did it at dispensaries, right? At dispensaries where we sell. And we said, hey, if you buy our weed, we give you the same amount of discounts for our clothing products. Each dispensary had lines of around 200 to 300 people. Um, they were like, one, we've never seen this many people unless it was 420 or unless there's like crazy discounts or like, you know, like Black Friday, like vibe for weed. Um, and the last time we saw this amount of people was when we um, got Snoop Dogg to come visit our store but we had to pay him 30K, you know, but here like, and then we sold around 100K worth of wheat too, right? So we, so we, they were like, like, it was so shocking. They were like, and then too, they were like, we've never seen this many Asian people uh, at our dispensary. Uh, and, uh, you know, basically like the fact that this sort of cross sell, right? Like this like lifestyle of like, hey, take a fucking gum, take a gummy and get cozy and fleeces and chill, you know, like they didn't get that. Um, and, you know, to be honest, like I was just thinking it like, you know, we, we, we never had this much clout to be able to execute a project like that till this year. Uh, but to see that in like real life, it was nuts. Like it was just like, it was, I was like, wow. Like, you know, cause Obviously, it's definitely hard um, being an entrepreneur, as you guys know firsthand. But like, that's the you know, this is why we do things, right? Like, it, it, like for the community, and um, yeah, that was really kind of um, like, yeah, it, it felt really good. Uh, and then I think on the you know next year, like our focus really is you know to do definitely more of these uh, because you know we know it works. Uh, and then you know as we're launching into New York, uh, we'll be having a lot of you know like experiential. Hopefully one day in Miami, but that you know seems like um, that you know the government seems to be dangling with us there. Uh, it seems like a not so distant future yet. I you know it it's been like that for a few years. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, uh, I think, you know, now this year more than ever is how do we, um, how do we do experiences that have, you know, some ROI, like not just experiences for the sake of looking dope or, you know, experiences that, you know, is actually providing value to our customers. And then how can we also make content from those experiences and, you know, engage, you know, the community, like, for instance, one of the things that I want to have next year for 420 is like, to have the world's biggest rock, paper, scissor competition, uh, you know, like, so like stuff like that. Um, 
Yeah, so, and then I think now this year we're finally getting a little better at planning ahead. We're already planning for winter of next year, which is a first. Um, yeah. You know, that, that's awesome to hear. And like, I think as you're building the brand and you see those like glimmers of unexpected, like product market fit, call it, where you're like, okay, I'm building this out. I'm building this out. People want this. And then on top of that, not only am I generating sales, I'm providing something novel. I'm able to create content around it. And it just kind of gets those creative juices flowing again for all the other um, opportunities like that you can create. So as we kind of wrap up here today, um, you know, where can, where can our listeners connect with you guys, with you personally, with the brand Sunday school, why don't you just shout out your socials? Right before that, one thing I want to mention is that like back to what um, Blaine, you and Ramon said earlier, like why brands like cannot just rely on like Asuna or like, you know, like all these like is, because creativity is your biggest moat, right? Like you, like, it's going to be really fucking hard to start a Sunday school. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's going to take some time, but it's going to take a lot of effort versus like, it's going to be really easy to start a vape pen brand that you put gener- or like a soda br- or like water brand, you know, I, there's a lot of those these days. Um, and, you know, just get like, um, just get, you know, people who did Stumptown to do your branding and take photos and run like that, like that shit. Like if it works, like probably people see through it. Yeah. It's not going to work in America. Let's say that, Uh, you know, maybe in like some other country. Uh, But yeah. And and I think that's why like, like we cannot lose sight in providing value through you know, whether it's real value, you know, saving money, um, blah, 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 or whether it's perceived value, you know, like that, like the brand has to do that. And the easiest way to do that is through content and building loyalty and building affinity. Um, uh, You can find us on social, um, on Instagram, on TikTok, at um, at sunday.school our website is www.sunday.school we have a discord channel as well um yeah for me uh main message is uh, a main medium that i like to connect is uh ig you can dm me uh, dm sunday school i run the account so i'll see um or linkedin i'm on linkedin as well but um you know, I don't have LinkedIn Pro, so uh, yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for coming on the show. We learned a ton and can't wait to see uh, you guys continue to grow at Sunday School. Thank you so much. Have a great, cozy holiday, guys. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed this episode of DTC Pod. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love your support. A rating and a review would go a long way as we continue to host the best builders in DTC and beyond. Follow and subscribe to the show and make sure to check out our show notes where you can find our socials and weekly newsletter. Visit us on dtcpod.com to join our founder community and access resources from every episode. We'll see you on the next pod.